You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. You can find this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, Google Play, YouTube, Voice Assistance, just say listen to After The Show Movie Podcast, and you can also find us on ascully.com where we post written reviews. With that out of the way, here are your hosts, Ascully and Sid Talk. 666, the number of the beast. Oh my, good way to start, good way to start. Hell and fire. Are born to be released. Oh my. The lyrics. What is this? What is this podcast about? That's the lyrics to the Iron Maiden song, The Number of the Beast. Oh, okay. So it's a music podcast. Yes. <laughs> we're um it's, I don't think that's right. We're on episode six hundred and sixty six, the satanic episode. You're gonna scare people away. <laughs> not me, but I'm just saying. Some people will be like, What the hell is this guy talking about? I'm not even going to listen. He's scaring me. We really should have had a horrific movie, shouldn't we, for the... Oh, well, you're the one. You're the planner. True. So there you go. All right. So uh, what's the before the after the show uh, stuff that you had to say? Um, Was there much? You were doing some stuff and some testing and whatnot, and that was about it. You did want me to mention something. Oh, yeah. You can mention that. Okay. This isn't before the after the show, but it was before... The after the show, because it was a couple days ago. <laughs> or yesterday? I don't even remember. Time blurs together. Um, I got a call. It looked like, you know, strange call from Seattle, Washington. And I know it's nobody I know. It's probably spam, but my call guard hadn't recognized it yet. So I answered it. Hello? And then it was a person saying, yes, I'm calling because your internet service provider something or other. And I said, no. Oh, he said, I'm calling because... Your service provider, internet, something or other. And I said, no, actually, you're not. And he goes, nye, 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 nye. And he hung up. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It was the weirdest thing. It was like, what the, what the, what? Those call center people are very professional. Oh, my goodness. I was like a little bit in shock at how hilarious it was. And also like how, what? Who are these people? Who are you? Just doing this shit. Who falls for them is the question. Yeah, because obviously it was somebody trying to call and then eventually trying to sell me something or convince me to do something. I mean, it was a spam spammer call. But I mean, that attitude. What the fuck? Yeah. F you. <laughs> All right. F you scam callers. Yeah, no kidding. So it is Saturday, January the 9th. This is after the show number 666. <laughs> That's my impression of the devil. Oh my. The movie we're looking at this week. It's very masculine. Can't the devil be a woman? No. <laughs> I mean, if we're going to be fair, we got to be fair. Well, the movie we're looking at this week is called Dreamland. It's a 2020 movie. It's actually releasing on Blu-ray January the 19th. So we picked this one up a little early from our friends at Paramount. It's rated R. And the synopsis from Sid Talk will be forthcoming. And then I'll give you the real one, what it's actually about. Okay. Uh, hmm. Uh, modern, but not fully fledged out Bonnie and Clyde. All right. I'll give you the wordy one off the back of the box. Now, buckle in. It's pretty wordy. Buckle up, buttercup. Okay. 
Academy Award nominee Margot Robbie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, is fantastic in this dazzling love story set amid America's struggle during the Great Depression. Eugene Evans, Finn Cole from Peaky Blinders, dreams of escaping his small Texas town when he discovers wounded fugitive bank robber Alison Wells, Robbie, (laughs) hiding closer than he could ever imagine. Does it? Also starring (laughs) Travis Fimmel, Warcraft, I would have put... um, Yeah, me too. Yeah, not Warcraft. The other thing. Yeah, Raised by Wolves. Raised by Wolves. Um, really good job. I forgot that job, that even existed. I'm glad you reminded me. Kerry Condon, Avengers Infinity War. I would have put Better Call Saul. And Darby Camp from Big Little Lies. That's it. That's all it says. Uh, mm, not really. I don't know. I mean, it says it, but it also, unfortunately, and I'll just put this out there. I enjoy this movie, but it is painfully forgettable and middle and you know you get what I'm you catch what I'm throwing well I will say um when this movie opened um the cinematography and the you know how it was set up I was like oh this is this seems like a, it's gonna be a really cool movie you know give me some vibes of like there will be blood and things like that you know like mm-hmm. really epic kind of period piece thing and I was like, oh, this is kind of setting up. But then, as it went on, I, I cl- you quite clearly, it comes to you that this is kind of a smaller thing. And the stories... Which is fine. It is fine. But it of, feels profoundly un-something. It feels like I've seen it before, first off. That was one, I was like, oh, there's a film just like this that I can't put my finger on. Where, I disagree with that, but I'm not in your head. Where a bank robber is in a shed. But I can't even remember what it was. But I've seen one like that before. It wasn't I mean, a, let's be fair. Most stories have been told. So that's not a harsh criticism. Because this one's like, um, you know, there's definitely a Bonnie and Clyde element. There's definitely yep. a um, tragic, you know, story to it. It's not very tragic, though, is it? That's the problem. It doesn't commit to being, like, really heartbreaking or really sexy or really... It tries on all levels, right? Of a those little things. bit, but not too much. It's almost like they're trying to hold back for modern sensibilities a little bit. But then you've got the woman being the antagonist of sorts. You know, she's the wild one. She's the one that's kind of... But then the whole time, she's making it clear to this young teenager, always 17, that uh, she pretty much tells him how it's going to be and that he's he's making the choice every step of the way to do this himself. She's not forcing him. She's coercive, just being her. And then his mind sort of takes the imagination, you know, places. But... That's why I felt like it was pulling too hard in like, oh, well, we we need the woman to be the antagonist, which is fine. I like that. Uh, We need her to not be a bully because we don't want to promote that. We want her to be slightly sympathetic, but also, you know, we're not sure. We want her to be interesting. Like, it just made, it felt like they're trying too hard without just like saying, we're going to balls out, write this story about this woman who is tragic and interesting, dangerous, and then go from there. I don't feel like that's how it happened. 
Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a good idea in there, and yet it didn't. The first thing I was struck, I like the setting, the Great Depression, and mm-hmm. the dust storm, and the Texas landscape. I, I like, you know, and the, I like the costuming and the cars and everything about the way it looks at the beginning. I was like, oh yeah, I love this kind of thing. But then I think my main thing is there's some good performances along the way. And the actors are all, like, they do what they can with what they've given, but it is the, the script isn't really that... It's kind of basic, right? Um, There's not, like, super dramatic moments. Of, yeah, that's one of the things I like about it, though. It just is um, to the point. So I, I like that. It's uncomplicated, for yeah, sure. Yeah, not... It's quite short, even. It doesn't mm-hmm. outstay its welcome, I guess. It's... I... If we were going to hit on some spoilers, there'll be some spoilers for this movie. So if, right. if you really want to go see it, go and see it. I mean, I've seen it, so I'm good. <laughs> but um, there is... An, I felt that the conclusion, you could see it coming a mile off and it was wholly unsatisfying. Yeah, like sadly. It, was, it almost boring. Like, I was like, oh, really? That's what it amounts to? And we get no interaction with the son and the father. There's like nothing, really. You just have to go, oh, yeah. okay, that's what happened. Oh, now it's over. Like it, that kind of didn't hit me right. It was like, oh, like 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 it was a big build up to kind of nothing. What do you think it was building up to though? Because I didn't mind the ending, but I do agree that it was not emotional enough. So there wasn't enough, and I think it wasn't because of the ending. So you take that ending, was it more? To but do build with the it up better. Yeah, if you built up that relationship to where it felt more connected exactly um true romance is a good example but are we just um sort of like brainwashed by our generation of movies where it's all sexy and dangerous and someone's manipulative and there's really hardcore conflict at you know every corner and there's lots of violence and sex and you know all that to where we're thinking well this has got a lot of that so therefore it's boring or is this actually a reasonable way like a life way it would have happened you know what i mean yes so So that's what i'm toying with it's like i do like it but then it's it's like it's got pieces of the puzzle missing see when i watch a movie like true romance and you've got um alabama and clarence and they're going on their thing and it's a you know like like it's a don't forget we're very biased because we both are in love with true romance (laughs) they're totally in love you can feel it the entire time like from the beginning they meet However, yeah, but how do they meet? That's the thing I'm talking about. We are kind of spoiled on these ideas of like really um, alternate ways of being. So she's a prostitute. He, his friends hire her for him. And then they just kind of hit it off, like almost like they're teenage innocence, but they're both not innocent at all, you know? Yeah. But there's that element of, oh, she's mixed with the prostitution and she's mixed up with this bad pimp guy and there's danger and there's the cocaine guy. You know, there's all these elements. This doesn't have that, except for this woman who was involved in a bank robbery where some people died. And, and that's the only mystery involved. Yeah, and he's falling in love with her. But he's 17. I don't and know if that's much well, of a stretch. Well, he's literally, like, even, there is a scene in this movie where he's spying through a people while she's getting undressed. You know, it's like... More like he's just a horny teenager, right? Correct. So I never got like he's falling in love with her, even though he does say it out <laughs> he loud. He thinks once. that, yeah. Um, but then I never really got the feeling that, like, 
her, the you know, the bank robber who's wounded, who actually just needs help to get out of there, like kind of thing. I just thought, well, you know, she's just going to use this guy and then get off, right? That's what I always thought. And there wasn't really much of a relationship. So then when the ending does happen, you're like, it doesn't really matter. Like, like it, you know? Yeah, ideally, I agree. So I felt a bit like, oh, oh, okay. Although we like abrupt endings on occasion, but it has to have a buildup that's super satisfying. And then the ending, you're more like, oh, wow. Like you left wanting more or something. Like, yes, but exactly. But this you left, you left going, oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> Oh, it's over. Yeah, and like, you know, as well made as it is, and, you know, as there's a lot of good actors in it. Um, it comes with, like you said, you'll forget it pretty quickly, right? It's not... Sadly. It's not, a, not a, like... Um, here's a movie. It was in your top ten last year. Uh, First Cow. Yeah. Not, not a lot happens in that movie either, but I always remember... I can remember it like, it, like I only just saw it. Absolutely. And that is a pretty, like... Some people, not me and you, would say, oh, that's that was boring. Nothing really happened. Or Lighthouse. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Lighthouse has got the bizarre element to it. But First Cow doesn't, it, it, you know, you just got to like the characters and enjoy the little, you know, slice of life that you, vi- you visit with them. True. Um, this is how this felt. Like, it, I didn't feel, there's no action scenes, right? Like, aside from there's a bank robbery which is so small, it, it doesn't really... It's inconsequential, almost. Do you need action scenes? No, I'm just talking about for anybody who would be bored of a movie, like, um, people who say, oh, there's not action, or, like, what was the cool part of this movie? Yeah. But, I mean, there's a flashback to a bank robbery, and there's an actual bank robbery, but the actual bank robbery is, like, you can blink and miss it, right? It's nothing. Absolutely. There. So, um, it's not really about any of that. It's about the dialogue and the bonding between people which i didn't i guess i didn't 100 percent care about. that's them. what's missing is the bonding doesn't feel bonded <laughs> at all really but there are some interesting characters like his dad is a really interesting character stepdad yeah his stepdad yeah i find an interesting character and then i'm like oh really you know he's complicated like he's got a lot going on but then they don't. There's, you never focus on him enough for you to understand him properly. True. So then there's that. So at the end, I haven't spoiled it yet. But at the end, um, there's a scene with his dad. Even that was unimpactful to me because I'm like, I don't understand his dad fully yet. But I guess I'm never going to because this is this is it. Yeah, because you don't know is he a violent guy. Yeah, we you see don't, glimmers of that, but then the wife seems okay. And again, are exactly. we exactly? brainwashed to think that this stepdad has to be like a violent bastard that we have to hate so that this kid's quest to like find a better life makes more sense and so this woman comes into his life and he's swept away because look at this asshole he has to live with but there's none of that yeah well i guess, I guess <laughs> you're that, like you're left going oh uh, and I, should we even think that way you know yeah i was gonna say i guess that makes that character m- more interesting because well it doesn't to me because i prefer like to know something about them but you know you have the preconceived uh, thing when you first meet him that he's probably violent and yeah. kicks off because the the daughter the little girl seemed like kind of on eggshells around him like oh shit dad's home kind of thing and i was like oh he's probably going to be a complete asshole but 
But you then, know, the wife's yeah. fine. Like you just said, the, you know, it's not, oh, the wife's got bruises on her or something. No, exactly. It's not Again, are we just conditioned over the last 30, 40 years of watching movies where they have used yeah. those kinds of things? And that type of actor is a bit broody and like, yeah. you know. So maybe that's a good thing because we didn't, I mean, I was just under the impression that's what he was. Turns out he's not really anything is the <laughs> point. <laughs> I mean, he's a police He's just man. a guy. Yeah. Living through a very shitty time and they're in the Dust Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. And he's trying to, you know, forge a path like and not be, I guess he's not really trying to be a dickhead or anything, is he? He's just a dude like. So you might say that's kind of like. We're making it sound more complex and interesting than it really was. But you might say that's not, that's not interesting because it's just an ordinary guy. There's nothing to, mm. there's nothing to go like, oh, well. He's ordinary, but behind the scenes, he's an alcoholic or, mm. you know, because you don't learn about him. Again, are we are mm. we just hopelessly destroyed by years of that kind of story? And I'm, you learn I'm nothing about his wife. No, you're right. There is nothing. There's nothing, nothing there. about the family dynamic much. No. Apart from there's like a hint that the stepson goes in his room and closes the door a lot. Because he doesn't want to be around the stuff. He reads family. like action comics yeah. with gangsters and stuff, which pisses everybody off. He's in off. living in an imaginary world. Yeah. Like, and then there's one time where the stepfather says, you, this door stays open from now on. They're just like tiny little things of, oh, I'm in control and you, you're kind of a loser because you're reading comics. Exactly. That's you know? what it felt like. But not, you know, it's so, it's so small. You've got to like really look for it. So maybe that's what makes the movie as a whole feel kind of hollow or something. Mm, hollow is a good word, actually. Because, you know, putting it down, it's beautiful. Like, there's a lot of beautiful wide shots. It looks nice. There's a lot of cool, like you said, the truck that they're driving in. It's really, like, the period stuff is nice. and Yeah, I like it all. To look at it. Yeah, and it doesn't... And there's good acting all around from everybody, I think. But there's nothing where you go, oh, I so I really loved um, this character, or I even remember the name of this character because <laughs> I'm just trying to uh, name the guy, like Eugene. It's like, oh no, Eugene's Eugene's fantastic. Well, it's kind of wishy washy a bit, a little bit. Looks sadly, because like he he's really he does a good job. Yeah, but like the character, really, what he wants to do, what he's trying to do, is uh, have sex with this woman, right? I mean. <laughs> He's, well, I he's, don't think so. I think no, you're I mean, wrong. He's looking through the thing. He wants to take her in the water so they can have a... Oh, I disagree with that one. I disagree you with you. Yeah, I think you're just reading something. In I was just there. thinking he was a horny teenager who was like, oh, this woman's come across my... And she's in my barn. And, mm, I disagree. Maybe I can, uh, you know... Get I disagree with, with that. But that's, it, you know, the, from your point of view as a dude, that may be what you're thinking. That's not... Maybe you're thinking that's what I'd be thinking. Well, <laughs> oh, my God, Robbie's holed up in my shed. Yeah. Um, well, he does. Um, he does get to do a sex scene with her, and the sex scene I thought was pretty well done. Yeah. Um, I liked how it was framed. I, I said to you, yeah, I like the framed it out of. It was an odd framing thing. Where yeah, but I like that was my favorite scene in the whole movie, not because of the sex part, but it just it fit and it was nice, and her real emotions came out there. And I she liked was that. not. I mean, there's nudity of female nudity here, not the not male nudity actually, right? There's always female nudity. What are you talking about? There's always female nudity. Yeah, but I mean, Margot Robbie just goes for it like she did in Wolf of Wall Street. She's just like, 
But that's no surprise or anything. Well, it is actually for like really high up actresses. I think sometimes they don't want to do that. I disagree. Well, I've <laughs> noticed it a lot. Like it, um, they might in their early career, and then when they get to a certain level, they're like, ah, no, I don't want to do that. You know, I don't even think boobies are an issue at all. So I'm not sure why it, a lot of points, people, why it right? stands out to you as a thing. But <laughs> well, it is for a lot of, especially American audiences, right? They're not used to it. Not in movies? Are you fucking kidding me? What are you talking about? We have boobies in almost every movie of all kinds. From I didn't comedies, see any in Wonder Woman last week. From all kinds for all of you our said lives. In almost every movie. I didn't almost see, I all see that. kinds of movies. Oh. So I don't know what you're talking about with the surprise that there's boobs in a movie. No, I'm surprised that Margot Robbie went that far with it, is what I'm saying. Not me. That just seemed like a reasonable scene for that to happen in. So um, this this movie will be on that Mr. Skin website, won't it? <laughs> Again. So you talk about it, it feeds the thing about boobies being a thing, and then it's a thing. But this is not a sexual Who movie cares? at all, is it? No. It's um, just. But like, you were saying it was because no, you thought I, I was he's saying like, it wasn't. Like, there, there's a sex scene that's particularly well done, but it's not like a gratuitous sex scene. Is what, what I'm saying. Um, and there is nothing else. But the, but the thing is, they have sex and then, like, nothing. Right? There's not. But nothing. We mean they don't seem like bonded together. Even no, in the not next at all. Scene, like, no, that's the thing. Where and and I guess the point is they're not. That's how it feels. Because she says, like, no. He he says, there's a discussion he has with her in the car about, like, you know, about being in love with her. She calls out that he's in love with her. And then he, you remember, Mm -hmm. there's a discussion about, and then he says, regardless whether you're in love with me or not. I think that just felt really forced, like a more politically correct way of being like, well, the woman can also be the one who doesn't want someone falling for her and that the guy is the sappy one who has sex or wants the person. Also, yeah. Just trying to reverse what yeah. the normal thing was. Right? That's what that felt like. Yeah. And then it comes to an end. The end. I'm okay with the ending, actually. It's just that the buildup wasn't enough. That's my only complaint. Yeah, like seeing them go from like nothing to robbing one bank in a really unspectacular way even. Yeah. To actually the end of the movie, like it goes from that to the end of the movie. There's nothing really in between it apart from they get pulled over by a cop and they have to lie. And that's it. And then I mean that's fine. I don't know if you're talking about like you need more action or you're no, just saying no, like No, just more of them together. It wouldn't matter yeah. if, like anything just like oh this is how they operate together when they're on the run and on the road but there's not really anything no sadly so it doesn't work in that like road you know they're on the run from the police it don't work in that way because there's no tension because you they do a bank robbery there's a scene that's supposed to be full of tension because you know the cops pull them over for a routine thing and maybe they'll get caught maybe they won't but even that wasn't very effective no no so uh, the cast here, Margot Robbie plays Alison Wells. What did you think of her? She was good. I feel like it was kind of neutral again. I like the the shower scene's the best one to me, where she really the, pulls um, out the emotions. Other than that, it's just sort of... The mm. bank robbery scene when she climbed up on the counter, there was a lot of Harley Quinn going on. A little bit, yeah. Was, I was like, oh, that's a bit... <laughs> like... Like, she just, just came off Harley Quinn, and she's it's still in her a little bit. Like, <laughs> Felt like it a little bit. Yeah. Because um, she kind of changed 
when she was in the bank there and she was having to be aggressive, she just changed her whole personality. True. different. Um, Finn Cole plays Eugene Evans. I think he might have been one of my favorite things about it. I don't really know him. I don't watch Peaky Blinders. You know? Mm Mm-hmm. But I think he actually played it well. Like, the kind of... He's a bit innocent, wet behind the ears, kind of. He's, like, dreaming of these detective comics, like how that could be a cool life or something. Exactly. But uh, I think he did play it well. Travis Fermel plays George Evans. We just watched him in Raised by Wolves, which he was fantastic in that. Yeah, he has that sort of, like, is he dangerous or is he just crazy quality about him? Yeah. For He's sure. also from the TV show Vikings, where he plays, like, a crazy Viking guy, which I can... I've never seen that, but I can picture him in it. Because... Sure. Bearded Viking guy who's kind of a bit crazed. Um, but in here, he was, like, kind of... Sed- Sad? Sed- I was going to say sedated. Yeah, sedated, kind of... Yeah, like, just a guy... Beaten down a little bit. Gets a bit angry on occasion, but not too much. Like, it never... I was waiting for an explosion from him or something. But, you know, he didn't really, did he? He was quite calm, That's our conditioning. No, he smacked him around once, but he didn't see it. Even in the finale, uh, which we've not still not mentioned, but in the finale, he was still quite calm in that. It's quite, like, together. It's like telling those guys, you know. (laughs) But I guess he is a cop, so... Uh, Kerry Condon, who you will have seen, we've seen last in uh, Better Call Saul. She's Mike's... Um... Yeah, I didn't think about her as that. I know you kept saying that, but I'm like, I don't even... She didn't jump out at me as Better Call Saul. No. No, well, but I like her. Yeah, she's Mike um, Mike Ehrmantraut. She's his, <laughs> what, daughter? No, daughter-in-law. His daughter-in-law, yeah. I was his trying to figure dead, it out. Uh, dead son's wife. And uh, Darby Camp... Plays Phoebe Evans. And she's really she's, good. <laughs> yeah, the she's the little girl, the sister. And the the movie's nar- narrated from the point of view of this girl, right? So mm-hmm. which which is also a different I was like, oh that's a different way of framing it. Like from the you know, the narration of the memories of somebody who's not the main characters. You know? I don't know. Yeah, I, I like that. Feel like I see that much. No. It's directed by Miles Joris Pirafit. I couldn't forget that one out either, sadly. Sorry, Miles. <laughs> he um he directed a movie called As You Are, and he's also his next movie will be the remake of Tank Girl. Do you remember Tank Girl from the eighties? Um, I don't remember it specifically, but I remember it existed. Yeah, well, he's doing the remake of that that's about to come out. So I, I don't know. I'm not familiar with this director. As You Are, it looked like a drama film, but he hadn't done anything else. So what did you feel? I, th- I feel it's well-directed and well-cinematographed. <laughs> yeah, it's just that it's a little bit um, trying very hard to look cool sometimes. It, it also doesn't commit uh, to anything. It's True. Like, like you said earlier, it's like, is it an art house movie? Is it a, you know, Hollywood movie? Is it, you know, it's kind of like all over, all those places. It's a good... I think they're very sparing with it, but the dust storm happens in the middle of... A dust storm happens in the middle of the movie. And it looks quite good. But it's not... They don't go into it much, do they? If you know what I'm saying. Like, that's not the feature of They the... open a door and the dust storm's coming. Yeah. It looks really good. You're like, oh shit, that'd be a terrifying thing. But then it 
doesn't really end up again that doesn't really end up much does it it's not a character in the movie as they like to say no so imdb reviews let's have a look at what are they there are reviews that you find on imdb not many people have seen this movie and if it's a, a one star you like to make fun of them if you disagree but if you agree funnily enough then you like to make fun of them I mean, not make fun. Okay, if you agree with their one star, you don't make fun of them. That's the thing. Is that right? Yes. Yes. And not <laughs> a lot of people have seen this movie. Um, so here's some one star reviews. This guy says, Nothing of any excitement happens in this movie. It's a film about nothing. If you want to watch a boring film about a boring family <laughs> and an irre- irrelevant bank robber, this is the film for you. Perfect. Perfect. Why on earth did Margot bother with this slow, boring script that goes nowhere? Nothing can save it, is another one. Hmm. And the third one is, I am easy to please when it comes to movies, but between the overacting and the ridiculous makeup and costumes in this movie, I got lost. I'm still not sure what it was about. Ridiculous makeup and costumes. I don't know what that means. Neither. It has good costuming and makeup. Pretty good, yeah. In fact, very little makeup because they're in the depression. <laughs> and it's dusty. It's very dusty. <laughs> yeah. Not sure what they're talking about unless it's like, it's kind of stagey maybe. Mm. You know, like you're going to a play about this time period, possibly. And uh, the last person says, uh, with new movie offerings being slim this year, thanks to COVID, Dreamland was a delayed flick that I was really looking forward to. The always wonderful Margot Robbie and some decent Depression-era cinematography are the only saving graces for this tedious, slow-moving affair (laughs) that contains more plot holes than Swiss cheese. Like an injured bird, the meandering plot just never takes flight, and sadly, what could have been an exciting, fast-paced crime road movie in the vein of Bonnie and Clyde, Badlands, or Road to Perdition, ends up being a snooze-fest more akin to watching tarmac dry on a cold, wet highway. (laughs) A snooze fest. You know after this letdown, I can honestly say over the past couple of years, I can't even remember the last time I saw a movie that actually blew me away. Regardless of the pandemic, Hollywood has clearly lost its way in much the same way as Dreamland did after the first few minutes. The drought continues. Hmm. So uh, those are the people that don't like this movie. Not very many. Uh, no. Um, so... This is uh, coming out on Blu-ray. There are no extras on this disc either. And we also had an issue with the disc. It um, (laughs) it paused, uh, not paused, it locked my um, player up, weirdly. That was very weird. So if anybody out there there gets this and it locks up in the first, what, the first five minutes? It was, yeah, immediately in the beginning. And then we restarted it and it was fine after that. But that's, you know, we watch a lot of discs and it's very, I can't even remember the last time one locked up. So it might have just been a fluke. I don't know. Um, but there are no extras. And I'll give this, I will give this movie a 5 out of 10. Sid Talk. 5 out of 10. Okay. Neutral then. Super, yeah. super neutral. Very, I, f- I feel like I won't even, when it comes to the end of the year and uh, awards, I'll be like, what was that one again? I don't disagree with that. But because I enjoyed it, I'm going to give a little higher than that. I'll go with 6. All right, so there are our marvelous scores. <laughs> we obviously 
We know everything, so listen to everything we say. We obviously know what we're talking about. We know what we're talking about. And we are (laughs) skilled professionals. We know it all, yeah. So um, thank you to Paramount for letting us review this early. I'm going on my movie recommendations this week. I'll go for Margot Robbie is in this movie, and it's a fantastic movie. I love it. Wolf of Wall Street. Do you like this movie? Uh, Yeah. And my other one, because of the setting and the way the cinematography looked, is There Will Be Blood. I'm not comparing this movie to There Will Be Blood, because There Will Be Blood. Masterpiece (laughs) in every way. Let's be fair and tell everyone you're in love with Paul Thomas Anderson. My favorite director. Yeah. Well, is he? Yes. Oh, so he's moved Quentin out of the running then. I mean, soon as I saw... um, Boogie Nights? It probably was Boogie Nights, yeah. Um, And then I saw Punch Drunk Love. Yeah, Paul's my favorite director. (laughs) Okay, that's a big statement. Then Magnolia came along, which is I thought you also loved uh, Twin Peaks guy, but hey. I do, they're in my top. My top five. Uh, David Lynch is in my top five. Paul Thomas Anderson and Quentin is in my top five. Quentin. So what are your... Um... Recommendations? Is that what you're asking me for? Yes. Okay. Well, I've decided to go back to the 1980s. And uh, I thought I would just pick two movies at a time from my list that I have of all the movies I've seen from the 80s. And that through the end of this year, I surely would have worked my way through the 80s. Which obviously is not correct. Because uh, it'll take... Uh, one, two, three, four, six, seven, eight, seven, twelve weeks for me to get through 1980. So there you go. And I'm sure I've seen tons more than that. But so this week's offerings are from 1980: Coal Miner's Daughter, Friday the Thirteenth. Very similar movies. <laughs> I don't right in the same genre. <laughs> I don't know if I've seen Coal Miner's Daughter. I was born a coal miner's daughter. Is that part of it? That's part of it. I mean, that's yeah. <laughs> and I'm not saying the quality of these movies. I mean, Coal Miner's Daughter is quite good, but it is of the times. Again, the movies we've seen in our lifetime depict a lot of abusive men, victimized women, struggles of women, and it causes a great deal of tension so that when a resolution or an ending or you know a change in the story happens, you've gone through a battle of sorts, and then you're either cheering or cheering for one person, hating the other, all that. This movie, I'm not advocating that. I'm just saying maybe we need to rethink how we consider all the dynamics of characters, you know? Yeah. Why is it a little bit boring? Because the father, the stepfather isn't a complete asshole. I'm not saying it's he needs to be horrible, but is that what's missing? And should I just get over that, you know? I get you. Yeah. You catch what I'm throwing? Yeah. <laughs> So, Ace Gully stuff, uh, this week, thanks to a friend of mine, I actually finally got my PlayStation 5. Yes. Yeah. Um, I probably wouldn't have it if it weren't for the friend. Correct. Because your wife wasn't going to buy it for you. <laughs> no. Um, and my friend... Spoiler, this wife doesn't buy those big expensive items. Um, so, I got my PlayStation 5 and it's uh, running... Oh, it's really good, uh, Sid Doc. I know, I've I've been witnessing and listening to the joy that has been had so I far. highly recommend, uh, I didn't know what to expect in terms of like how, it's very, it's a definite upgrade, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like the graphics are better by a lot. I've been playing, the, the way I know it's better by a lot is I've been playing uh, Watch Dogs Legion on PlayStation 4 
uh, you know, I've probably played 20 hours of it on PlayStation 4. But then you can also put it in the PlayStation 5 and it upgrades it to the PlayStation 5 version. So I know what that game looks like. And then I put it in the PlayStation 5. I'm like, oh my, it looks (laughs) like there's new features such as like uh, reflections. There are no reflections in the PlayStation 4 version. The reflections in the PlayStation 5 version are like everywhere. There's like, you know, a neon light on a wall is reflected in. You love the neons. It's reflected in the floor. There's like, a, I went in this room with a real shiny floor and like everything in the room is reflected in the floor. It's like, oh wow, I've never seen anything like this because the technology hasn't existed until now. It's called, well, do you know what it's called or this reflection thing? I don't. It's called ray tracing. Okay. And it's a new video game thing that's like in this next generation of consoles. So basically we're going to see lots of shiny reflective surfaces in games, you know from now on because it's the new thing but the other new thing and this is the huge thing the thing that i wasn't actually prepared to love so much is there are no loading times anymore like none so you press your game spider-man and then your game spider-man appears and you're playing like it's there's none of the oh here's a you know a loading remember yep you've watched me play the last of us 2 this year even and at the beginning of the game, you have to sit there for like two minutes, maybe a bit more, until the game turns on. And you might think, well, that's not so bad. Well, it is if you're turning it on every day, and you always have to sit there and go, okay, I'll turn it on, and then in two, three minutes, I can play it. I mean, I'm not going to have a lot of sympathy. You are just playing a game after all. However, I understand. Yeah, so this has no loading times, but, and, you know, that's if you boot up a game, it just launches immediately. But the the other cool thing is when you're playing like an open world game and you travel across the map, there's often fast travel. So say I want to go from one side of the map to the other, maybe I get on a train and go from one side to the other, but it does a fast travel thing. So on PlayStation 4, you would get on the train, it would go to a black screen for 30 seconds to a minute, and then it would load in the new area of the city where you fast travel to. Well, that can... That becomes a thing where you're like, do I even bother fast traveling? It's really annoying. It just has to load. Well, this, you you go on the train and then you appear in the next, you know, it's like a tenth of a second. So you can flitter across the map. You can go wherever you want. There's also like an option in the menus that you can bring the menu up and you can say, like, I want to do this in the game. Like, I'm in, I'm playing Watch Dogs, for instance. I've got a few minutes here. I would do a street race. So you can actually click in the menu and say do a street race and it takes you to exactly where the street race is about to start and you play. You don't have to drive there and find where you've got to do. Nice. There's a lot of convenience like stuff in games that I think will really change how games are. Um, how they play, you know. I mean, you could say, oh, they're just catering to people with short attention spans. Sounds like it. But it's more of a convenience type of thing because I still want to go and travel around the city and stuff, but it is cool to be able to instantly go from one place to another if I want to. So there's that. There's the fast loading times. There's the backwards compatibility with all PS4 games. So if you've got a PlayStation 4 game, you can put it in the PlayStation 5 and it will play perfectly, no messing around. So, you know, if you were familiar with PlayStations, when the PS4 came out, none of the PS3 games were backwards compatible. You just had to move on, you know, or keep your PS3 hooked up. 
this will play all PS4 and all PS5, so that means it's got a huge library of games just straight off the bat. The other thing is, if you have PlayStation Plus, which is the $60 a year subscription that they have, when you do boot up your PlayStation 5, you get, I think it's 21 games just to, just to download and play. They're, they're to keep as well, they're not like a um, subscription thing. So... If you've not played like last year, you know, last generation's big titles, because it does come with like God of War and The Last of Us and, um, you know, the big Sony games, Days Gone, they're all there. You can just pick them on the main screen and play them. So it's not like you even have to grab a load of games to start off. So that's the PlayStation 5. What do you, what do you think about the look of it, this console itself? I don't mind it. I mean, it's I'm different, neutral. right? It's kind of a statement or something. I don't really go for the hype. It's just a box, a plastic box sitting on the bottom shelf of our TV stand. It's white. It's got a little sloopy thing and a light. It doesn't look this like anything else. This is the unenthusiastic though. version of people discussing the shape of it. I think it's fine. It could be a plain black box for all I care. It could be a round thingy or a cube or a tube. I don't care. PlayStation 4 was a plain black box pretty much, right? Yeah. This one's like a... It's just an odd thing. It it doesn't look like anything ever to me. Like, I, I don't think I bought a piece of electronics that looks like that. Um, but does it matter? I mean, let's be really honest. Does well, what it does matter, though, is how quiet is the PlayStation It's pretty 5? quiet. And that does matter to me. I'll give you that much. It is very... Because of its size, it's quite big. There's a There's a huge fan in it. But that fan doesn't have to turn very much or very fast. So it... It just sits there. It's kind of quiet. The only thing I would really like is uh, you can take the sides off, you know, the big white panels. I would like black panels. I would like to replace them with black panels mm. eventually. They haven't made any yet, but they will, I'm assuming. But um, I don't really like white. It's just a thing, just a personal thing. But it doesn't matter for the games. So uh, that's the PlayStation 5. Good luck finding one. <laughs> Good luck getting a friend that's nice <laughs> enough to get you one. Yeah. Um, yeah, you've just got to get a good friend, have a good friend who notices that, oh, look, there's uh, something that my friend would like and gets it for you. I mean, doesn't get it for you. It's not like my friend bought me a PlayStation 5, but you know what I'm saying. Yep. So, uh, yeah, you, you can't get one. Try, you can't get a PlayStation 5 right now. It's very, very difficult. But apparently the best place to look for one, if you're really looking for one, is Walmart. They restock them quite often. That's where your friend got it. But you've got to be in the right place at the right time. You've got to be... He was shocked. He was like, is this supposed to be here? Is this like yeah. waiting for someone? <laughs> so you've just got to be right place at the right time. When they restock that cupboard in the in Walmart's electronics department, you might you might be shopping and you have a look and you're like, oh, wow, there is one in there. But um, that's apparently that's the good way of getting one at the moment. So uh, that's the PlayStation 5. I'm sure I will have many. Like I said to you, when I pulled the PlayStation 4 out from from the TV cabinet, I was like, this has been here for seven years, this thing. <laughs> and I've used it all the time, right? Yep, so, a you lot. Know, you do get a lot of use out of a console over the years. So um, that makes it... When When's the PlayStation 6 coming out then? Is that the... <laughs> like 2027 or something? Don't even know. Let's not think about that far in the future. So, yeah, the future. Ah, oh, the future. The distant future, the year two thousand. <laughs> uh, you have to. You have to a, know what that is. That's a deep cut. <laughs> so, uh, what is for dinner? 
Uh, we're going to go for the uh, Impossible Whopper today. Your the, fave. The Mozza Waffle? The Mozza Waffle. The Impossible Whopper. <laughs> the Mozza, wa- mozza Waffle sounds good. <laughs> it does. <laughs> waffle sounds good. <laughs> the Impossible Whopper, because we didn't have one last week because of the weather. So if everyone was on the edge of your seat wondering if I made it out to go, I did not. I just cooked something. We had something that was really good that time. We did, and I forgot what it was. I cooked something. It was yeah. delicious. And last night, what I make? Oh, my God. I don't that know. That pasta. Don't remember. You do remember <laughs> that pasta was amazing. The sauce I made was incredible, and I, I'm I also myself made on some good butt. pasta this week. You did, yes. And I kind of emulated that to you know I had a little leftover tomato paste in a can, some tomato crushed tomatoes in a can. I had herbs, herb, herb, and spices and a poblano pepper you know chopping it all up some garlic real garlic about five cloves of garlic in there maybe that's what made it so good oh here's a tip for you we get hello fresh we're not sponsored by them it's not like we wish but if you do get hello fresh um there's more been more than once where when we've opened the box there's something missing in the box (laughs) yeah and some people probably just you know move carry on with but if you get on their um help chat on their website and you tell them something's missing. You uh, They always help you out. Yep. I mean, they haven't failed us, have they? I mean, they can't help you by, like, you're stood there going, well, I'm supposed to be making... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm supposed to be making tomato salad, but I have no tomatoes. So magically send me a tomato right now. Yeah. They can't do that, but they can compensate you. And it helps, you know. I mean... They do every time. They give you 20 whole dollars, and this time it was just a tomato missing tomato. Missing. Yeah. So, I mean, that's fair. And I, I think that the majority of the time, we have not had a chronic problem with them at all. No, I know a I lot mean, of people had, do, but... We've had things missing more often than you would like. Right? Um, not really. I mean, there was a pad patch there, and then... Um, like this week, there was a recipe card missing, which is tricky when you're trying to cook. Not really, when you have technology. Their recipes are on the app or on the website. Obviously, you have technology or you wouldn't have ordered them. All right. What's your advice? My advice. My advice. What did I put down? I forgot. Oh, very simple. And this is totally just because of my own selfishness right now. I'm very excited to get ready to start planting things for 2021 gardening season. And I'm going to say get some seeds, plant a seed. One kind of seed in something, a pot, anything. And I know not everyone's going to love it. Some people are going to hate it. But you don't know until you do it. It's ex- it's unimaginably satisfying. It does take effort because you have to tend to this plant. I'm not an animal person um, at all. I do not want an animal in my life. I don't want to care for anything. I don't have children. I have a husband. That's enough. <laughs> That's enough of the, you know pat on the bathroom door every time you're in the bathroom saying like hey where's this where's that something uh, i'm not that person you do that occasionally but the hus- that's just Pretty the thing rare. i'm not great at caring for people and things so the plants though the plants i've tried to figure out and it's very satisfying last year wasn't super great so this year i'm making an effort to do better i have uh 279 different kinds of seeds <laughs> it's I'm kind of all in when I do a thing, and I've learned that I really enjoy it, so fuck it, I don't care. I'll spend $50 on seeds. What's the alternative, you know? We don't go out drinking, we don't have any other vices, just good food and um, 
That's it, really, isn't it? Arty, artsy fartsy supplies, video games, technology, and gardening. <laughs> that's mm. our. <laughs> that's true. Well, so I'm going to say plant a seed and grow it and just see, see what you think. All right. So uh, you can catch this show on Google Play, the RSS feed, iTunes Music Store, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, all of the places you can get podcasts from. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can go to our website, ascully.com. Email feedback to me, ascully at ascully.com. Don't email Sid Talk. She hates all your guts. I don't, actually. And uh, finally, stay classy, Miss... Is it Miss or is it Mrs.? Margot Robbie. Um, I don't know. I'd say Miss, just to be safe. Yeah. I enjoy. Uh, I, I enjoyed um, Birds of Prey this year, and uh, I semi-enjoyed this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to say, think for yourselves or somebody will do it for you. 